the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Tuesday, November the 8th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. It is Election Day in America. Today, on November 8, 1923, Adolf Hitler launched his first attempt at seizing power in Germany. It was a failed coup in Munich. It became known as the Beer Hall Putz. He would try again later, as we all know. Today, in 1864, President Abraham Lincoln won re-election. He defeated the Democrat challenger, George McClellan. I'm going to be talking a little bit more about Abraham Lincoln in a few moments. Today, in 1889, Montana became the 41st state. Today, in 1966, Republican Ronald Reagan was elected governor of California, defeating Democrat incumbent Pat Brown. Today, in 2000, a statewide recount, does that sound familiar? A statewide recount began in Florida. Today, in 2000, it emerged as critical in deciding the winner of the 2000 presidential election. Earlier that day, Vice President Al Gore had telephoned Texas Governor George W. Bush to concede, but he called back about an hour later to retract his concession. Today in 2016, Republican Donald Trump was elected America's 45th president, defeating Democrat Hillary Clinton. Republicans also kept their majorities in the Senate and in the House. Well, here we go again. A judge has given an order for over a thousand Georgia voters extra time. Yep, he don't have their don't need to have their ballots in today. Extra time to mail in their absentee ballots. A Georgia judge has agreed to have the ballot return deadline extended for about a thousand Cobb County uh, absentee voters who didn't have their requested mail ballots sent out by election officials. I suppose that will evolve, that particular edict. Poll workers at a key voting location in Arizona's Maricopa County announced Tuesday morning that voting machines at a polling station in Anthem are not working. Significant number of ballots are being misread. But election officials claim individuals are still able to cast their votes properly. But if they aren't being read and they're not being tabulated, why would you want to cast a vote? That's the problem. We have two tabulators. One of the tabulators is not working, they say. The other tabulator is taking about 75% successful, so 25% of them are being misread, and it could be a printer issue or it could be a tabulator issue. The workers explain. No wonder people are losing um, confidence in this. In Pennsylvania... Within hours of polls opening this morning in Pennsylvania, a last-minute change was made. It's already causing vote count delays in this notoriously corrupt Philadelphia. I mean, it's kind of the 
center of corruption, really, in, in regard to voting. Before the change this morning, votes in the city were expected to be fully counted by Wednesday morning. The Philadelphia Inquirer is saying, oh, no, 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 no. It's going to take a long time to do that. They put out a quick release on a message this morning, the Philadelphia Inquirer. Inquirer. They said city officials voted Tuesday morning as polling places opened, and the vote count began for the midterm elections to reinstate a time-consuming, labor-intensive process. It's supposed to catch double votes that will slow how quickly they can report the results. It's interesting how some of these places, perhaps all of them, some of these places at least wait for a while to see which way the voting's going before they start counting some of those votes they've got stacked up somewhere in a back room. I'm not I'm not a I'm not big on conspiracy, but man, this is bothersome. I mean, we put people on the moon, what was it, 60 years ago? And we still can't count votes? I mean, we created the Internet and all of the Microsoft and all of the IBM and all of these guys. I mean, this is American-created technology. I mean, it may not be made in America, but it was created here. The ideas were here. And we can't count votes? It's troubling. And the Democrats stand along the sideline, and they call us conspiratory freaks. I saw in one article yesterday. I don't want to be into conspiracies more than I need to be, but I don't want to be that. But, man, it's hard to feel comfortable these guys, every single time there's an election, they come out and it's the same rhetoric. We just need to trust the Lord and ask him to give us peace. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8 says, And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. That's a good message for Election Day in America. Neither be dismayed. I mean, regardless of what party you want to win, I think most of us, even more so, want the system to work. We want to believe it's working. We truly do. Regardless of the outcome, we just want to have trust in our system, our institutions, even our voting machines. People are having a hard time trusting the machines or the people who run them. Joshua 1.9, perhaps, would be a good verse for us today across America. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee where, wherever thou shalt go. Even if you haven't voted yet and you've got to stop by the slot and stick your envelope in or whatever, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. He said, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth, uh, comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. 
draw your comfort from the Lord, and then that comfort, as God settles your soul and your anxieties, and I know some of you have that, and I know why. I understand. Just let God comfort you, and then share that comfort with others who also need to be comforted. The White House on Monday cautioned, not unexpected, cautioned yesterday that the winners of the midterm elections, (laughs) this would be President Biden's spokesperson, uh, Jean Jean-Pierre, cautioned that the winners of the midterm elections would not be immediately apparent. (laughs) That's her words. Estimating that it would take several days, perhaps more, to count the ballots. That Those are her words, speaking on behalf of the president. We may not know all the winners of the elections for a few days. It takes time to count all the legitimate ballots in a legal and orderly manner. Corinne Jean-Pierre said she was very passionate about it. Like you little people, you just settle down. We're going to do this and we're going to do it right and we'll tell you what the results are when we get there. She spoke about Tuesday's elections during the daily White House briefing, warning that modern, these are her words, I'm not making this up, modern elections require much more time to count votes. Yeah, they sure do. Associated Press wrote an article this morning about Seattle, published it from Seattle, they say, Control of Congress, the Associated Press says, control of Congress could come down to one or two seats in Washington state. But the state's vote-by-mail system means final results likely won't be known for days and days. Voters got their ballots weeks ago. This is Associated Press. Voters got their ballots weeks ago, and the state's congressional districts are among those being decided. But two districts are drawing the most attention in Tuesday's election. They are. They're drawing national attention. Voters got their ballots weeks ago, so the 8th Congressional District race, incumbent Democrat uh, Representative Kim Schreier, faces Republican Matt Larkin. Associated Press says in the soon-to-be open seat in the 3rd Congressional District, Democrat Marie Glusenkamp-Perez faces Trump-endorsed Republican Joe Kent, who edged out incumbent Republican Representative Jamie Herrera-Butler in the state's top two primary. Herrera Butler lost her seat as a result of voting to impeach President Trump. That's kind of the tenor of the first few hours of Election Day in America, the most prosperous, the most um, intellectually gifted country. I mean, just look at all the things that have been created here. We're trying to count our votes, and we can't quite get it right. But we're working on it. And we'll see how the tallies go, and then we'll see what we need to do. I shouldn't say that. I don't know that. But my sense is there are people among us today that are trying to rig the election, maybe on both sides. I don't know. I just I just wish I had more confidence in the voting system. But yet, I voted. I hope you did. I pray you did, because we're responsible to God. But I think we can be concerned about things like voting and other issues in our institutions in America because God has called us to be salt and light. 
and salt slows down the deterioration and light turns on the light so you can see what you cannot see in the darkness. And that's what Jesus has told us, not only that we should be, he has told us that we are. When we accept Christ into our life and our lives are transformed by the power of Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, our sins are forgiven, but we become then the representatives of Christ, of Almighty God himself on this earth. We, we're we not certainly not qualified, but we are accepted. We are forgiven. We are restored. We are his people, as imperfect and flawed as we are, and as society is in general. So we work at these things. We try to uh, make a change. Washington State Republican U.S. Senate candidate Tiffany Smiley, there's a news brief out this morning. As of yesterday, she's taken the lead over the 30-year incumbent Senator Patty Murray. It's a slim lead, but according to several polls, uh, shows Smiley a 0.4% lead over Murray at uh, 47.4% to 47%, respectively. And finally, the Justice Department workers will be dispatched to polling sites across 24 states today, they already have been, to monitor, monitor, uh, monitor compliance with federal voting right laws during the 2022 midterm elections. They put this out yesterday, last night, actually. According to a press release, monitors will include personnel from the Justice Department Civil Rights Division, U.S. Attorney's Offices, as well as the Office of Personal, Personnel Management. The DOJ and the um, Attorney General will be in charge of this. I couldn't help but think of the old cliche about the fox guarding the hen house. In this case, the fox is not guarding the hen house. The fox is putting fellow foxes in the hen house. But again, God is in control. Trust him. Be comforted. There are two radically different visions for America on the ballot today. Through our voting choices, we will decide, come hell or high water, we will decide the America in which we want to live. Not since President Lincoln's presidency has our nation been so deeply divided. Lincoln famously said of his day, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Every moral issue facing our country is on the ballot today. Which vision will prevail? I want to talk to you a little bit about Lincoln. I want to talk to you a little bit about the two visions that are on the ballot today in America. It's very important, not only for today on Election Day, but beyond Election Day. I want to take just a moment to thank you for your support. We need it. I have the last couple of days made that point a little more than I normally do on this program. We need to hear from people in the Portland area, southwest Washington, on KPDQ. We need you to stand with us to help us meet budget there each month. And for all of you who support us, from my heart, thank you. And those of you who are maybe considering it or been thinking about it, this would be a good time to stand with us financially. We ran a little short last month. We'll make it up, I'm certain. If you know, 
you'll respond. And so we're letting you know. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Mr. Lincoln spoke at the close of the Illinois Republican State Convention on June 16, 1858 where he had just been named as the Republican candidate for the U.S. Senate. The topic of his speech, as you probably know, became a lightning rod. In fact, even his friends, in fact, his business partner in the law firm, they said that privately, they don't, I don't think they went after him publicly, but they privately, they were his friends. They said privately that Abe would probably not have a political career. He probably ended it that day with that speech because The speech was direct. It was straight talk. The topic was toxic. Lincoln began with this, and I'm quoting Lincoln. If we could first know where we are and whether we are tending, we could better judge what to do and how to do it. We are now far into the fifth year since a policy was initiated with the avowed object and confident promise of putting an end to slavery agitation. Under the operation, he said, excuse me, I'm quoting him, under the operation of that policy, the agitation has not only not ceased, but has constantly augmented. It's gotten worse. In my opinion, Lincoln said, it will not cease until a crisis shall have been reached and passed. Then he drew from the words of Jesus. He said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. He said, I believe this government cannot endure permanently half-slave and half-free. I do not expect the union to be dissolved, he said. I do not expect the house to fall, but I do expect that it will cease to be divided. It will become all of one thing or all of another. He was right. It did. Slavery was abolished. And thinking about that in relationship to where we are today, I I read an article, and I wanted to summarize it, but instead I'm just going to share it with you. Don Fetter wrote an outstanding opinion piece for the Washington Times on Saturday. He summed what I have been thinking, what I feel, and I want to share this with you. There will be two radically different versions of America on the ballot this year. By their choices, voters will tell us the America in which they want to live. One is an America that's energy independent. In the other, we're at the mercy of the unstable regimes to keep our cars on the road, our factories operated, and our lights on. One is an America that believes the answer to energy crisis is drilling and digging. The other wants us to shiver in the dark and walk to work for its green agenda. One is an America where immigration laws are enforced because, as President Ronald Reagan told us, you can't have a country without borders. The other is in America where there's a continuous flow of illegal immigrants over the southern border, including criminals, terrorists, trafficked women and children, as well as deadly drugs. In physical 2022, 2.4 million people were stopped at the border. Most were not sent home, but processed, released into the interior of our country. Since they can't persuade voters to keep them in power, Democrats are importing a new electorate. One America is a nation under God, as the Founding Fathers intended. The other is one where government views religion as a toxic substance. As a candidate in 2020, President Biden couldn't even bring himself to quote the Declaration of Independence correctly. It says, empowered, endowed, 
by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Instead, Joe Biden mumbled something about, quote, all men and women are created by the, you know, the thing. That's a quote. All men and women are created by the, you know, the thing. As the Pledge of Allegiance says, quoting Joe Biden, quote, one nation under, you know, the thing. What is an American that doesn't accommodate delusions about women in men's bodies, letting boys use girls' rooms, or punishing those who use the wrong pronoun? The other wants Medicaid to pay for the children's bodies chemically or surgically altered to resemble the opposite sex. One America believes in biology, the other believes in fantasy. One is a nation where innocent life is protected. The other is one in which a fully formed child can be killed just moments away from birth. The Democratic-backed Women's Health Protection Act of 2022 would create a federal right to abortion on demand. And I would add, end of quote, I would add, if the Democrats remain in power after today. Quote, one is an America where military understands that its duty is to defend the nation. The other thinks it's primary mission is social engineering, which it pursues through Pride Month celebrations and critical race theory indoctrination. If we ever go to war with the Slippery Rock College LGBTQ club, we'll probably be in great shape. One is an America where the goal is fairness. The other is one where white children are taught to hate themselves and colleges fight to preserve racial preferences. One is an America that believes that spending has consequences. The other thinks the best way to fight inflation, currently at 8%, created by trillion-dollar spending, is with more trillion-dollar spending. One is an America where students go to the college to learn. The other is one where undergraduates major in rioting and censoring opposing views and take courses that might qualify them for a job at Walmart after graduation. One is an America where government understands that its first responsibility is protecting the innocent. The other is one where commuters are pushed in front of subway trains and prosecutors would rather see bodies piling up in the streets than hardened criminals sitting in prison awaiting trial and where we have the highest murder rate in 25 years. One is an America where the homeless are cared for, not coddled. The other is one where homeless encampments dot the urban landscape, serving as a breeding ground for crime and disease and addiction, while allowing vagrants to defecate in the street, and it's considered the height of compassion. One is an America where patriotism is a virtue. The other is one where actors and athletes line up to express their contempt for America, which is cool, until they land in a Russian prison. This election is about conflicting worldviews. One side is guided by the Constitution, free market economics and the Judeo-Christian ethic, the other by socialism, cultural Marxism, and neo-paganism. This election will help to decide the course we will travel, the road to recovery or the road or the highway to perdition, to hell. The latter has Democrats as cheerleaders, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, former Presidents Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, they're all standing on the sidelines telling us that spiraling crime, inflation, and legal illegal immigration are just Republican talking points. None of it is real. <laughs> End of quote. In conclusion, 
Abraham Lincoln reminded his colleagues of the past. Of strange, discordant, and even hostile elements, he said, we gathered from the four winds and formed and fought the battle through under the constant hot fire of a disciplined, proud, and pampered enemy. Did we brave all then to falter now, he asked? Now, when that same enemy is wavering, dissevered, and belligerent? This result is not doubtful. We shall not fail. If we stand firm, we shall not fail, he said. Wise counsels may accelerate or mistakes delay it, but sooner or later, Abraham Lincoln said, the victory is sure to come. I hope that's burned into our minds and emblazoned into our heart. There are those who have deeply believed in America from our founding. The founding fathers laid their, their, their lives and their fortunes and their reputations on the line to create a new country under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Lincoln put his career on the line. His own friends, as I said earlier, were telling him, Abe, I don't think you should have given that speech. I don't think you're going to get reelected. We know the rest of that story. But for all of us, I think this is a time when God is calling us. Our, our greatest loyalty is to the kingdom of God. We are citizens of heaven. If we've accepted Christ into our lives, we have been born again. We have been renewed. We have been restored by the power of God and his forgiveness, his mercy, his grace. And as Christians, we will spend eternity with God in heaven, not in hell. But God has placed us here with a purpose. It isn't the eternal purpose, but it is the here and now purpose. To live our lights, to let our light shine, put our, not put our candles under a bushel. Let Satan blow it out, as the little kids' chorus goes that we used to sing. But God has put us here for a purpose, and that purpose is to simply be the people of God and live out our lives and vote and act, and get involved, and run for office, or do whatever the Lord leads us to do. But be certain, as Lincoln was certain, in the face of adversaries, his own friends doubted that he could succeed. And he did. Enormously so. He gave his life for what he believed in. That's kind of where we are in history today, in our U.S. history. And I think that God is calling so many of us, to be of good courage. Don't be dismayed. Don't be discouraged. Don't be overwhelmed by all of this nonsense that's going on in our country. God is in control. However the outcome of this election is, I believe it's going to really swing toward the right, toward the conservative. I do. I could be wrong, but I think, I think it is. But however it comes out, we are standing in, in the power and the grace and the wisdom and the leading of Almighty God, He is in control. He will be in control. When time is no more, God will be, because He's before time and after time. He's eternal. And He loves you and He loves me and He loves the world and He has a mission and we're part of that. So just 
be involved, care, but don't be overwhelmed. And we'll continue this conversation tomorrow. We'll see what we know tomorrow that we don't know today. I'll see you then. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.